0: Rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore Travel PT at aureusmedical.com. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. NPTE StudyCast. Welcome back to NPTE StudyCast here with Ellen Hillegas. Ellen, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jimmy.
0: Staying in the area of cardiopulmonary, we're talking about COPD. Describe that. It's another acronym in physical therapy. We don't have nearly enough of those. So let's start with what COPD actually means.
1: So COPD means chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And it's actually a term for a cluster of diseases, which can include emphysema, Chronic bronchitis and bronchospasm or reactive airway disease or asthma, whatever you want to call it. Not primary asthma, but due to destruction of the bronchi, et cetera. All of these diseases have a problem with getting air out of the lungs. In all of these diseases, the etiology is often similar. It's usually smoking, but the pathology of emphysema is very different than the pathology of chronic bronchitis and of reactive airway disease. And so that's one of the key things to understand that you can have people that have this COPD, but they might have more of a emphysema component or more of a bronchitis component or more of an asthma component. So the pathology of emphysema is actually the alveoli are destroyed. They've become overinflated. They've lost their cell wall integrity due to the fact of losing surfactant. And so we see hyperinflated air sacs, and we'll also see a hyperinflation of the chest wall, greater aid of anterior to posterior dimension, more like a barrel chest. The difference in that in chronic bronchitis is that chronic bronchitis is hyperplasia of the mucous secreting glands. So we see a problem with secretions with chronic bronchitis, where we see more of a shortness of breath, with emphysema because they can't get their air out. With chronic bronchitis, they have larger cells and secrete, have mucous secretions chronically, and therefore they are higher risk for infection. And they also have lost a lot of their mechanisms that help fight infection, including alveolar macrophages and, and the cilia that help bring the secretions up. So they're at higher risk for when you decrease their ability to cough or move, they don't get those secretions out. And then reactive airway disease or bronchospasm is an airway pathology where the airways constrict and limit the air from leaving the lungs as well as entering the lungs. Most people have a combination of all three, emphysema, bronchitis, and bronchospasm, but they may have a greater percentage of one versus the other. So it's just kind of important to understand there are three different pathologies and an individual may present with a greater amount of one pathology, like they may have an overabundance of secretions compared to having problems with their alveoli being overexpanded. Or they may have much more bronchospasm because they have a lot of secretions. So they may have those two in greater degree than if they just have emphysema. Anatomy.
0: What's involved the anatomy? I'm I'm sensing we're talking a lot about the lungs. So the lungs and their component parts are gonna be a a, a big character here.
1: Yeah, and it is. It's the alveoli of the lungs is emphysema. The airway of the lungs is the bronchospasm because only the airways have the smooth muscle. Then you have infection-fighting mechanisms in the lung, and the cilia that are up in the major airways. And then also the alveolar macrophages down in the alveolar area and your lung tissue. So as a result, these individuals not only have problems with the airways and the alveoli, they have a problem with gas exchange. And so low amounts of oxygen is diffused into the circulatory system. And for some individuals, they can't get the carbon dioxide to diffuse out of the circulatory system. And then with increased secretions, they often have a chronic cough and a risk of pulmonary infection.
0: Special tests. Testing, proving, disproving. How does this come into play?
1: Well, one of the first things is check smoking history. Yep. Because COPD is diagnosed oftentimes because of smoking history, the physical features, including the chronic cough or the hyperinflation of the chest or the hypertrophied respiratory accessory muscles, they can prove it with pulmonary function tests, which include looking at their forced expiratory volume in one second. Their forced expiratory volume in one second over FBC will also be decreased. Their chest X-ray might show hyperinflation. If they've had blood gases, it might show low oxygen and increased PCO2. And then we can look at their SpO2 clinically. And these are often low and particularly drop their SpO2 with activity because they can't diffuse the gases during the activity. So they tend to drop their SpO2 with activity.
0: differential diagnosis. Since COPD is a cluster of diseases, what can we do in terms of differential diagnosis? Where else should we be looking or thinking?
1: Well, if they've had asthma since they were a child, then they probably have asthma. Juvenile onset asthma and not asthma from smoking. So you want to know when did all of this start? You could also have an individual who does have lung disease, but it might be a restrictive lung disease. They might have shortness of breath, they might have a cough, but they might have a different history.
0: Treatment examples. Where does a PT come in in terms of treatment with COPD?
1: So we don't actually treat the COPD, but we do treat people with COPD. They have problems with gas exchange. And when do you need the most oxygen and getting rid of more CO2? It's with activity. So they need help with mobilization. If they have secretions, they may need help with getting those secretions out or improving their airway clearance, their cough, depending on their setting. So we work with them both with mobilization of secretions, improving airway clearance, as well as mobilization with all activities and performing activities. So we should be monitoring their vital signs, especially their SpO2. If they're on oxygen, we may need to titrate oxygen up activity. If they don't have oxygen, we may find that they should have oxygen with activity. So we may need to contact the doctor to obtain an oxygen order for exercise with oxygen. And then these people tend to become more sedentary because when they get up and they start exercising, they get short of breath. So they stop getting up and doing things. So we may need to work on strengthening exercises as well as Endurance exercises. And a key factor to note is that your quad strength is actually a very key prognostic indicator. Lower quad strength means a higher risk for morbidity and mortality. So, one of the best strengthening Exercises we can be doing with them is the sit to stand activities.
0: That's a good example. Here's your example question. Finally, we wrap up with how might this show up on the NPTE? Any sample question information?
1: Well, again, you're talking safety. So, what about if the patient you're asked what's the best option when your patient who has COPD and uses two liters of oxygen at rest demonstrates a drop in SPO2 with activity? And so, your answer would be you should be elevating the oxygen so that you can maintain a good SpO2 greater than 90. So you want to titrate the oxygen with the activity as long as there's an order in the chart or in your facility or in your home health chart that says keep SpO2 greater than or equal to 90 or something similar.
0: Perfect. And again, as you mentioned at the beginning of this segment, it is about safety. Definitely. That is inside look at COPD, all you need to know for the NPTE study cast with Ellen Hill guest. Ellen, thanks for your uh, time.
1: Thanks for having me, Jimmy.
0: Download free study guides now at ariasmedical.com slash NPTE StudyCast. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com slash NPTE StudyCast. Rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore Travel PT at ariasmedical.com.
1: NPTE StudyCast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.